Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week, Lee Camp. Lee Camp is the head writer and host of the national TV show Redacted Tonight with Lee Camp on RT America. He is a former contributor to The Onion, former staff humor writer for Huffington Post, and his web series Moment of Clarity has been viewed by millions. He's toured the country and the world with his fierce brand of stand-up comedy. George Carlin's daughter Kelly said he's one of the few comics keeping her father's torch alive. Bill Hicks' brother Steve said Lee is one of only a handful with Bill's message and passion. Uh, And like all good people, Lee Camp is from Charlottesville, Virginia. Lee Camp, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you. That was a very kind intro. Slight correction on where I'm from, actually, mainly... Mainly D.C. and Richmond, but I went to UVA. That, I'm well-cultured in, in Charlottesville. Yes, I, I was aware. I think that counts, uh, being, <laughs> being from UVA. We could talk about the flaws of UVA, but not its basketball team. So, Lee, I, I understand that you are now the governor of Idaho. How, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I anointed myself governor of Idaho because I learned from uh, Donald Trump and his crew that Apparently, you can just uh, announce uh, new leaders to areas of the world, and they don't need to be elected or even really have much support, uh, as he's done in Venezuela with Juan Guaido, who apparently polls show that before uh, our government announced he was the new president of Venezuela, 80% of the country had never heard of him. So <laughs> apparently, that you can do that now. So you might actually have a, I don't know what percentage of this country has heard of you, but you might have better standing, uh, more legitimate basis for declaring yourself governor of part of the United States. Yeah, and I mean, right now, I think the governor of Idaho is a hedgehog wearing a bow tie, so I don't think many people will notice. But, um, you know, this attempted coup that's going on right now, U.S.-backed, is, I I think it's more blatant than I've seen in a while. I mean, this is, uh, you know... With Nicaragua, at least, they kind of tried to do it behind the scenes a few months ago. Now this is just straight front and center. And they also are kind of barely even keeping a pretense as to why they're doing it, the the U.S. and and our allies. Uh, You know, John Bolton said on Fox News that it was basically for the oil and that getting the oil would be very important to the American people. So... You know, the, even the the false reasons they give about helping Venezuelans or caring for uh, democracy, even those seem to be falling by the wayside in a, in a manner that I think we've rarely seen. It, it, it's it's hard to, uh, for me to figure out how you manage to to make fun of these people when uh, there's almost nothing <laughs> left to make fun of. They've they've they're quite openly. Uh, committing blatant crimes, nothing hidden. Uh, how do you how do you mock that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be hard sometimes. I I, I said years ago that I thought uh, reality had lapped satire. I mean, it just it's it just is getting so ridiculous. But um, you know, this on this last redacted tonight, I, I covered uh, some of the history of Juan Guaido, and I and I also mocked. Uh, CNN's coverage of the Venezuelan um, attempted coup because they they had this insane propaganda piece where it's you know they have a reporter down there and he says this is supposed to be a socialist utopia yet 
every belly is empty, everyone is starving, and they then cut to uh, an image of the pro-Guaido protesters who are clearly very well-fed because they are mainly the uh, rather wealthy in Venezuela. And, you know, it was just so, it was so laughable. But so I, I make a lot of the fun of the media. I think that's one of the best ways to go. Um, you know, and, and for those of us who, like, see through this attempted coup, it, it also is really showing you where the lines are drawn on our mainstream media. I mean, there is, it, it seems to me there is no one on our mainstream media that is even questioning this U.S.-backed coup, from MSNBC to CNN to Fox News to NPR. It's, they act like it's all justified and it's going to go great, as the U.S. has proven in many times, <laughs> countless times, that when we get involved in countries, you know, everything just goes great afterwards. We really just bring the people up and they're just all happy and, and then we leave their society alone. Yeah, Honduras is working out so well. I don't see what Venezuelans have to be upset about. Um, but, yeah, but, but Honduras I, and, and Iraq and and Syria and Libya. I think it's a great answer that you that you mock the media that's misreporting uh, the story. But I, I, I'm I'm struck by the fact that when one of these stories totally conflicts with one of their other stories. Uh, they either just go silent or lie. I, I mean, I've heard that the coup in Venezuela is a great favor to Vladimir Putin, despite the fact that, of course, it's exactly not what Vladimir Putin wants. Uh, how, do, well, how do they keep these all these stories straight when they when they blatantly yeah, conflict? You, you you bring up a great point. It, it it's completely this whole uh, you know Russia controls Donald Trump and they rig the election, you know, the neo-McCarthyism and everything, that's all kind of falling on its face when you try and say, oh, but also uh, Vladimir Putin and Russia supports Maduro and, uh, and they, you know, they call Maduro a dictator and he supports Maduro. And it's like, well, wait a second. I thought you just said that Trump is Putin's pawn and everything Trump says is in favor of Russia. And yet, here you are with Russia backing Maduro and Trump and all of the neoliberals, all of the faux mic resistance people, they're all supporting this U.S.-backed coup. I mean, basically the entirety of Congress. Um, and and it's like, well, that doesn't fit with your whole uh, Putin's puppet scenario, does it? And we, you know, a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, a, a clip went viral of Bill Maher twisting himself in a pretzel trying to explain how this proves that Donald Trump is Putin's puppet, but also this is, uh, you know, Venezuela, uh, you know, Putin wants to keep Maduro in power, and so they're the ones against the coup. It, it completely falls on its face, uh, uh, you know, and uh, it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch them fall all over themselves to try and force this to make sense. I don't know if you've put together a whole list of all the things Trump has done as Putin's puppet, but it seems like, you know, he's 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 against banning weapons in space or cyber war. He tore up the Iran agreement. He's against Russian energy deals going More after sanctions. Venezuela. Uh, sanctions. More sanctions than under Obama, right? Sanctions on Russia, weapons into Ukraine. NATO members have to invest more money in, in weapons, expanding NATO. And yet you still have this story, not just on the news, but now after all these mo many months, in everybody's head, you know, in conversations and emails and social media, everybody's got this story. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and, that, and I think that's why it's called manufacturing of consent. It's amazing that if you get enough of a drumbeat going and you just don't let up, you know, like they have not let up for basically two years of, you know, trying to drip out this narrative. And it, it's amazing to see it really impact uh, almost everybody. I mean, I have people, friends and things that are big fans of my show, Redacted Tonight, and they see the reality of our media and everything, and yet they still go, well, yeah, but Trump has been pretty good to Russia. And I'm like, are you looking around? Are you looking at any of the facts? Like, Obama, you could, you could, you could have said Obama was great to Russia because he didn't have nearly the number of sanctions that Trump's administration has had on uh, Russia. It, it's amazing that this type of manufacturing consent really does work. And, you know, as, as we started off with, now they're doing it with Venezuela trying to manufacture the consent for the American people to back this, this you know, and how, how could this end? This could end in civil war in Venezuela if they succeed and it, thousands and thousands could die. And that seems to be fine with them. And, you know, it's a real inconvenient fact that, like I said, Juan Guaido has such little support in Venezuela. But on top of that, he, he went to graduate courses in at George Washington University and studied under Verespatia, uh, who was the former executive director of the IMF, and so you've got like an IMF, uh, you know, created uh, kid who also is is basically funded through various ways uh, by the U.S. regime regime change labs that we have, and you know, here he is just declaring himself the president, and we, I guess, have forced all, a bunch of other countries to also say, oh, he's the president. And it's also been interesting to see uh, these digital platforms that now control the narrative, control our truth in this world. Like Wikipedia immediately, when he announced that he was president, switched him to president on Wikipedia. And then there were 37 edits going back and forth of people trying to switch it back to Maduro. And then eventually Wikipedia locked it as Guaido, as president. And now it says they're both president and says disputed (laughs) next to it. But, you know, Wikipedia and these, these platforms, they control the truth of our world. Uh, they do, and I've never been able to correct that so-called truth. Uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. They flip it back immediately to to what they're claiming. Uh, we're we're speaking with Lee Camp, who is the head writer and host of the national TV show Redacted Tonight with Lee Camp on RT America. Uh, Lee, I have the exact same experience with people who are on email lists for groups like World Beyond War that are supposedly dedicated to ending all war, uh, and uh, we say something against NATO, and they say, oh, but wait a minute, NATO is the force for good to protect us from the evil Russians. Um, As you know, uh, we're planning a a no to NATO, a yes to peace festival in D.C. in April that you've been good enough to say you'll come and and speak at, uh, and people can go to NoToNATO.org and sign up and come uh, or find out about it. Um, but it, it, it's have have you noticed that uh, that being against NATO is now uh, equated somehow in everybody's mind with being for Trump and Putin and uh, global disaster? Yeah, and first of all, I'm very excited to speak at that. So thank you for inviting me, and I think it'll be a a, a great time to to. Uh, show support for an actual peaceful world. Um, yeah, I using many of your your own great quotes, I, I covered uh, this uh, NATO and everything uh, a couple of episodes ago on Redacted Tonight, 
And I think you're absolutely right. They've convinced people that NATO is this force for peace in the world. But if you look at the record, really, it's just this banner that we, you know, put on our wars to justify uh, blowing things up and destroying societies and killing callous people. And we, you know, put the the nano the, the NATO uh, uh, logo on the top, and all of a sudden they say, "Oh, well, these are the good kind of bombs." Well, no, they're not. They're it's it's the I think I said on the show it's the Christmas wreath on the on the front door of the murderer's house, so that everyone looks at it and goes, "Oh, that must be a nice guy." Well, no, look at the bodies in the basement. <laughs> I mean, and my favorite quote of yours was. Uh, was when people say this is the only way for countries to show their cooperation. You know, there are non, uh, <laughs> non-belligerent, non-warlike ways of cooperating with other nations. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you, there's that people have never heard of treaties or bodies of law or courts or the United Nations or uh, the International Criminal Court. It's like if either you're in NATO and you're a good team player at bombing people uh, or you're an isolationist. Like there's no other way to engage with the world than NATO. Right. It's it's crazy to me. Um, so, but but how? But people people think this, right? And and they don't want. How do we get them? You know, mocking the stupidity of the stuff they think with us uh, together, uh, without having them think we're we're making fun of them. You know, this is this is what I struggle <laughs> with. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is. And this has probably been one of the big successes of the past 10 years is like showing people some of the cracks in the narrative. Uh, it's not as easy to pull off uh, a coup attempt like they're doing right now with Venezuela as it used to be. I think, it, you know, it, it, a little bit of truth goes a long way. So even though there's only a few reporters, American reporters, covering the truth in Venezuela, um, it gets out there pretty fast and it makes things at least fairly difficult for the uh the the war powers um and and so i think there it's kind of like you get people to doubt a little bit and then hopefully they'll eventually figure it all out and keep moving towards peace so i agree it's a tough it's a tough argument to have you just walk in and say uh you know nato is a is a war uh, entity uh they they tend to refuse that but uh, if you if you say to them, you know, but look at this and look at this and look at what happened in Libya and you know start questioning the narrative, then things can unravel. Yeah, they they, they imported a, a a leader for Libya from the D.C. metropolitan area, as I recall, just as the, many years back in South Korea. I mean, these and I, I guess there's one uh, in waiting for Iran still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, these 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 D.C. bred <laughs> leaders of other people's countries haven't tended to work out very well, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, well, oh, and that's another, you know, I talk about John Bolton saying we're basically doing this for oil. Uh, another thing that's pretty out in the open is Juan Guaido has said his goal is to privatize and, and uh, you know, Open up the countries and the re- the country the country of Venezuela and the resources to uh, U.S. influence and, and corporations. So you know he's he's kind of outwardly said, "I'm going to like sell off our resources to these corporations, and it's going to be so wonderful." And, and you know, hopefully, people can understand that's not a good thing for the Venezuelan people. 
apparently a lot of people in Venezuela understand that and, and others don't. I, I, it may be a question of where their income comes from, but... Uh, did you did you see Lee Camp this uh, recent story from NBC News uh, about the fact that uh, Ru- the Russian government and its propaganda machinery uh, is taking a great interest in Tulsi Gabbard? Yes, how hilarious is that? Basically, anything that the mainstream is worried about, the or really the oligarchy that you know the corporate rulers are worried about they just say oh russia supports it so the latest one that's making them nervous is tulsi gabbard because she is the only candidate as far as i can tell and this includes bernie sanders uh that's really you know out and out against the war machine and says it on a regular basis and talks about the military industrial complex and talks about our u.s backed coups in other countries and so she makes them very nervous so just this week, it was uh, Russia's backing Tulsi Gabbard. And where do they get that information? Where do they? How do they support that? Well, they point to new knowledge, which is this uh, fraud of an organization that was outed by the New York Times, no less, uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, of having created a false flag in the Roy Moore uh, election uh, campaign in Alabama. Now, Roy Moore is a you know a disgusting human being. He was that accused pedophile that ran for uh, office down there. But um, they, the new knowledge outwardly said that they have they created a false flag. Basically, they made it look like a bunch of Russian bots were following Roy Moore, and then they leaked to the press, "Hey, look at all these Russian bots following Roy Moore." And the press ran with it. I mean, there's you can go look at the articles now. Mother Jones and others saying Russian Russia supporting Roy Moore. And it's now clear, and they were actually, they actually internally, they bragged about it. Look at what we did. Um, and so it's now clear that that was all fake. But, A, you don't hear corrections from these media outlets saying, oh, you know, two months ago we brought you completely fake news. Sorry about that. And, B, these media outlets, NBC, is now pointing to that exact organization and saying they told us that Russia supports Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, I, I mean, and and even if even if it weren't a story based on a fraudulent outfit exposed in the mainstream U.S. corporate media as as a fraud, I, I mean, wouldn't the news be? Uh, wouldn't the actual news story be if Russia didn't take an interest in a U.S. presidential candidate who appears less likely than some of the other ones to want to nuke Russia? I, I mean, uh, how how could Russia not take an interest in her? And would, I mean, wouldn't it really be the news story if they failed to? I, I don't get it. <laughs> well, maybe, but I assume most Americans would get upset about the whole idea of a bot army that is tricking them into thinking... You know, a certain candidate has a lot of followers, but, of course, most of this bot army crap has, has been proven false. You know, the, the other uh, place they always point to to prove these uh, the Russian bots are doing such and such is Hamilton 68, which has been just completely, it's this organization or, or tool that has been completely debunked as proving just about anything. Even the co-founder uh, was quoted as saying, well, yeah, Many of these Russian bots may not be uh, Russian and may not be bots and may be real human beings. And so you're like, well, then that 
not a Russian bot. You've just disproven the entire thing that Hamilton 68 is supposed to do. But the but the story, this most recent story from NBC News, but going back over the past couple of years, including the so-called intelligence reports, a lot of it is not about the, the, the robots on Facebook. It's about, you know, RT America television and, you know, right. media outlets uh, as if there's something secret and nefarious about press stories that are, you know, by definition, public, you know? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, it really comes across like they just can't understand someone who wants peace and wants equality. Like, that worldview is so foreign to kind of the ruling powers that if they see that, uh, you know, such as someone like you or me or even Tulsi Gabbard, they say, oh, that can't be genuine, and that must be yeah. some sort of nefarious foreign government. Right. Who would, be, who would be for peace on Earth unless they'd been, you know, bribed into it? I, 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 should, I feel like I should mention that, uh, that Marianne Williamson, who's not a member of Congress but is running for president as a Democrat, uh, is uh, better on peace, as far as I can tell, than any of them. But, but Tulsi, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But, but Tulsi Gabbard is, is certainly better better than most of them although that's you know that's that's pretty low bar um the uh the, the i i want to can i ask you about other stories in the news um because i want to get your sure. your take um i i you know i'm 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 mostly offended by the fact that they interrupted the uva basketball game for this but but <laughs> but this press conference by the governor of virginia right declaring that after he had examined and studied and thought about it for a day he was he he decided it was safe to claim that he wasn't this guy with blackface in this racist photo from decades gone by now how how is that sufficient in his mind? I, I mean, if he had to think about it and study and decide whether it was him, then then he had some reason to think it might have been him, right? I don't get it. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, I mean, he clearly is guilty of something, and uh, and you know, I mean, yes, it, it, what he did is, is incredibly offensive, and he should uh, likely step down, but. I also think that, you know, whenever I see these stories, I'm like, oh, of course, these, you know, these lawmakers, most of them, these uh, politicians are, you know, liars by trade. And so they're going to lie to try and defend themselves. And it, it kind of doesn't really surprise me. But, you know, what's interesting is uh, I remember and, you know, that, that photo was supposed to be in 1984, I think. Yeah. But he said in his uh, speech that he, he he's not sure he's in the photo. But he does know that he put on blackface to perform as Michael Jackson in a talent show. Yeah. And I actually remember I was at UVA. I was a uh, judge on a, a talent show uh, because I was a comedian. And so this was the year, like 2000, maybe 2000 or 2001 or something. And one of the groups does a Michael Jackson song in blackface. And the other judges give the group uh, the top score because... It was a. They did a good job of singing, I guess, and dancing. Yeah. And I then gave them a low score because I said I'm not really okay with the blackface. And the entire crowd of UVA students booed me. Oh my god! And this was what you say about 16, 17 years later than uh, yeah. than the photo of the governor. Wow. I I 
you know, it, it, you got to, I, I think you did the right thing. And I will applaud you now long after the fact, because, uh, you know, there, there has to be some standards. Uh, and, the, and the notion that the governor sort of uh, pushed in, in his press conference that, well, this was back in the 80s when it was okay to be a racist. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to use that somebody, if if one of your, you know, friends in that, in that thing from the year 2000 uh, gets into to politics, you know, they're going right. to say, well, this was okay back in the year 2000. I, I mean, it, when was it ever okay? Yeah, I don't know that that was ever okay. I, I do know that growing up in Richmond and everything, the Confederate flag was definitely viewed as, you know, by by a lot of white people as, uh, as fine. And uh, my high school had it as a logo when I first joined the high school, and then they uh, slowly removed it over the next four years, but um, it was definitely very commonplace. And you know, you see a photo uh, of that, and it doesn't it doesn't age well. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Nor do our statues here in Charlottesville. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we we were gonna we were gonna talk about the biggest uh, elephant in the room and have saved it for last, I guess. Um, but the the. Pentagon uh, has been getting more and more money and figuring out where less and less of it went. Uh, how, how have you been covering this? Yeah, the, it's the $21 trillion of unaccounted for adjustments. And, you know, there's a lot of debate as to what adjustments are. But it clearly, whatever we end up finding out, it is very clear that they are not keeping track of the money at all. And it's just kind of flowing in and flowing out, and they are never told they can't afford something or can't afford to do some bombing or some, uh, you know, destruction overseas. And they just failed the, you know, a few months ago, failed the first audit in the Pentagon's history, even though they've been legally mandated to do it since 96, I believe. And, and it's like, this is one of the biggest stories in the nation. I mean, it should be. And instead, it is completely not mentioned, completely blacked out from our mainstream media. And, you know, I wrote an article on uh, Truth Dig about it that uh, went kind of viral, and I think it's because, like, people are hungry for this truth and this reality, but it's like, with the exception of, of you know, you and me and uh, a few others, um, David DeGraw did some great work on it, but it's been this kind of quiet thing, and I, I think it is starting to come out. You know, uh, Ocasio-Cortez tweeted about the $21 trillion. It, it, and people are beginning to ask questions, and I think it's it's making some of the uh, uh, ruling elite a little nervous. Uh, that's got to be a good thing. Uh, we, we've got just about a minute left, Lee Camp. Don't you think that that when people ask, and by people I mean uh, corporate media, ask, uh, where are you going to get the money for education? Where are you going to get the money for uh, health care? Where are you going to get the money for good things? The answer doesn't always have to be, well, we're going to create public banks or we're going to raise taxes, but mostly only on the rich people, and here's the details. But the answer could once in a while be, I'm going to cut 4% of military spending. Why wouldn't that be a better answer politically as well as morally and practically? Yeah, absolutely. A drop in the bucket of our military spending could do so much for our nation and for our world. I mean, the estimates by the UN were that was that $30 billion a year would end world hunger, and that is nothing to compared to our military budget. We could end world hunger and be the safest country in the world 
because no one wants to attack the country that ended world hunger. Um, exactly. it, it, would, it would give us it would give us security, but it, it, it's totally ridiculous that they say we don't have the money. And in fact, many people point to this as proof that whenever they say we don't have money for healthcare, we don't have money for infrastructure, it's just a blatant lie because of the amount of money we have for military. It, this we don't have money thing is just it's just a game they play and they never say it about military when when we were going to invade Iraq did anyone say oh but it's going to cost too much uh, well few, very few of us and I wish we could, could go on we've been speaking with Lee Camp you got to catch him on his show redacted tonight and at the No to NATO events go to notonato.org Lee thanks for coming on Talk Nation Radio thanks so much I'm at leecamp.com people can find it all this is Talk Nation Radio I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.